Hi, and welcome to the Dewing Grain podcast. Dewing Grain are independent and local grade traders. From seed supply to harvest movement and storage contracts, they can offer you the best strategies to achieve the highest prices for your harvest. Each week on our podcast, we begin with the Dewing Grain Market Report, giving you up-to-date information and analysis, followed by Farm Chat, where we catch up on agricultural issues with a guest or two while sampling a beer. Andrew's favourite bit. So let's start with Andrew Dewing and this week's Market Report. Welcome to the Market Report. What follows are my thoughts or gut instincts on what the market is going to do. It is not an instruction to trade. Any decision to trade is yours. Market report for 18th of October 2021. We have floods in China. We have Iran buying extra wheat. And the people who normally sell it to them, the Russians, have got big tariffs on their grain. So the never-ending rally seems to want to keep going. I mean, they're very heady prices, as we all know. It's up to you where you go with this. The market currently for feed wheat is getting closer and closer to 200x for November. It isn't quite there yet. And haulage is obviously a massive issue. And there's a very big November book to move. But yeah, it's currently about 195, 96x. And if you look forward to the new year, you'll be getting 200x for March. And probably before then, as people are hungry to buy wheat wherever they are. So yeah, all very exciting stuff on the wheat front and never-ending bullishness. Barley's following it to a degree, so 185x for spot barley. I don't see that one weakening either at the moment. There's plenty of demand and boats, and certainly merchants who are short for the boats are paying even more money there. They'll pay up. They've got to fill the thing. So fantastic news on prices. Obviously rape, 530, not the absolute peak, but within a spit of it, very buoyant market. Not many people inclined to sell at the moment. Everybody's in a freeze mode. New crop prices ramping up. You've got fertilizer prices through the roof, and you've got the real realization of what it's going to cost to do the job oil is going up you name it inflation is with us and you know commodities are likely to benefit price wise but let's all remember we are in well we're in very high priced times so greed and fear i don't particularly see any pressure on you or, or that you'll lose a lot by not selling it however you know, there is a point cash flow storage Let's keep our heads, you know, screwed on, keep a bit moving and keep a close eye on the spec of that grain in your sheds. This week's farm chat is um, I have a local celebrity called Chris Key, who is an Aylsham farmer who diversifies into other areas. Uh, the number one in the number two business is his strap line. And the first week is surprisingly sombre with the two of us having a little chat. The second one, I think we'll have to do a little bit of fine editing on because there's one or two bits that strays marginally over the line. But if anyone who knows Christopher will kind of understand how the conversation turned. And bearing in mind we were having Oktoberfest beers at at the time, the second podcast, we were well into them before we started, so it kind of ended up where it was always likely to end up. This week's one, enjoy. It's good old sombre crisky. With that, have a great week. If ever there was a time to own central grain store tonnage, it's now. Yeah Grain at Cantley takes the worries and stresses of grain drying and storage away. Members of the store can harvest without delay and can bring their produce in the day it comes off the combine, all with discounted drying and servicing charges. Call 01493 700 447 or 01263 731 550 for details. Yeah, Grain, providing the grain handling you need. If your farm is looking to diversify, the first step is having the right website and logo. We are East Coast Design Studio and we're experts at creating websites that don't just look good, but get great results. Don't send your money to London. We're from Norwich, so keep it local. 
call 01603 728 or visit us online at www.eastcoastdesignstudio.co.uk. This week, by popular request, I have got one of the most prominent farmers of the Algem area. So, Christopher Key, welcome to the podcast. Hello, Andrew. It's very good of you to let me come and interview you with your busy times at the moment. I hope you don't mind, but one of our farmers, Patrick Mutimer, supplied us with a load of beers, saying that we should have an Oktoberfest beer tasting week after week. Right, yeah, that's very nice of Patrick to do that. Yeah, and I thought, I know, if I'm going to see Chrissy Key... I'll take all of them down the same night. <laughs> that's, um, that's also very nice of you. <laughs> so Patrick's bought us several pints. Yeah. And we're going to crack off with the first one that comes to hand because I haven't got to get the bottle opener out. So this one, if you don't mind having a drink as we go through this process. No, no, no. You know, that's one thing that's never really bothered me too midweek much. Midweek drinking, <laughs> not on your agenda generally. I... No, not midweek, but that's nearly the weekend, so that's good enough. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to crack off with... Uh, I can't pronounce that. Hakash, Hakka, short. Yeah, I think you've got that closer than I would have, yeah. Well, as we go on through this, we might do some German impressions later. <laughs> so let's just. I have it. heard your German impressions, <laughs> and they are. Right. Are you so we'll, uh... I'm like, I can't do two things at once. Brilliant. <laughs> well. Right, so you're in well, charge of pouring. Nice pop to it, anyway. This is a nice 5.8 Oktoberfest beer from Patrick. Just talk us through, what is your job, Christopher? What's your main job? My main job is liquid waste disposal, but mainly contracting, spreading digest is my main job. Okay. And a little bit of farming as a hobby. Farming on the side? On the side, yeah. Okay, and so you're in a position where you also work for farmers then, aren't you, Joe? I do indeed. So you are a farmer? And you are working for farmers, so you have a reasonable insight to both sides of the fence. Yeah, yeah, sort of, at times. Which is the best side of the fence to be? It depends who I'm working for, to be honest. No, no, 90, 95% of the people I work for are very, very good. But, yeah, I don't, I don't mind that side of it at all. But I do like to have a little break and play farmers at weekends. <laughs> Yes, right. And you, you're obviously an Aylsham store member. Yes, indeed, yeah. Changed your life, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, for the better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you came to the party the other night, didn't you? And yes. You didn't bring the Aylsham grain glasses out with you, did you? No. Pour the rest of this out. We've got to share this out while we can. So, was it a difficult or a easy harvest? Depends who you spoke to, really, isn't it? For you. For me, I always said this a few years ago, Andrew, that... Cheers. Um, Cheers. Let's just have a little sip of this first. Yeah, you could almost be in a long bench in Frankfurt, yeah. couldn't you? With the yeah, with a nice uh, wench. wench and sausage <laughs> beside you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one. Um, yeah, very nice. Yeah, right. Good one for start with, Patrick. That's well, a good one to start with. Well done, Patrick. Well chosen. All right, so easy harvest. Yeah, I always used to say, Andrew, at the Elsham Show Ball, if farmers haven't finished combining, then they've got too much and they're greedy. <laughs> um, this year, even with my little acreage, Elsham Show would have been and gone and we were still going. But the point, it wasn't there, was it? No. So, you know, so in fact, you weren't after the Elsham Show. I weren't after the Elsham Show, but uh, we were definitely after the bank holiday weekend. It went till October, didn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, a bit challenging, but not so bad for as many farmers. But lucky enough, we've store member. 
Yeah, cut it. We just cut it and got it in. Yeah. And then um, that's your problem. Well, not really. Not I mean, really. That's anyone who's trading ground this year has got to be looking good because the price just keeps going up and up and up. Well, it? exactly. But I just can't imagine how farmers can not have, you know, the drying facilities. That is a real issue, isn't it? You'll deal with a number of farmers who've got all the kit, who are well set up and they are well organised, but there are one or two out there that simply aren't ready, are they? never seems to be... If you haven't got somewhere to put the stuff in the first place, that's a bad starting place to be, isn't it? Oh, definitely. We were spreading digest to get it on in front of all-seed rape drilling, and there were some farmers, you know, I was worrying because we still hadn't done our spring barley and the wheats returning a bit and they didn't even cut their winter you know barley and why not because i ain't got anywhere to put it unless it's under 15 well yeah i wouldn't have wanted that headache at all well once every six or seven years it definitely is wet isn't it oh definitely definitely but that's just catch you out and the thing is i always feel sorry for people and i don't they come in (laughs) some people have this way of going oh you never believe it I can't, what can you do? And it's like, okay, yeah, which makes us a soft touch, really. But if you aren't prepared, if you produce a product and you haven't actually got any way of actually processing it, if certain conditions occur, which will occur periodically, it makes you, well, you know, you can't blame not having any money. There's no point doing the process if you no. if you can't do it properly. No, but my way of thinking in a lot of things is that if you get a problem, don't whinge and moan about it. Find the answer. And like you say, yes, one out of six probably smooth going. Well, the last three harvests were dry, weren't they? Yeah, lovely, lovely. Easy. Easy. Easy to Not lovely, because you then then, um, hear all the winds in the morning about the yields. But (laughs) I, yeah, which does my head in a bit. Us farmers, I'll put my farmer's hat on. We'll moan about everything, really, wouldn't we? So no, wouldn't be right if you didn't. Wouldn't be right if we didn't. No. Yeah, so it's an internationally recognised thing. Yeah. So digestate. What is digestate for the people who don't know that? That is the byproduct of the AD plants. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a clear liquid, or a yeah, yeah. We just deal in the liquid side. Yeah. Basically, the mechanical cow will eat all the maize and the rye, mm-hmm. and at the other end comes the dry matter stuff, which we don't spread that. We just do the Who, liquid What happens to that then? Who has that? The farmers normally have that, but we don't deal with that because the farmers normally pick it up the cells because they can then Munch spread it. have a muck heap somewhere where the liquid, you can't really store that very well. So we just deal with the liquid side of things. And just for the record, the kind of gas that's come off the top is what they've got out of it. They've got all the gas, and that's either gas or generator, electricity. Yeah. That side of things, I don't even get yeah. into that. Yeah. I'm just in charge of... You supply of... the tanker, they fill up with the juice, and then you drive to a farm. I mean, is it viable? How far before it becomes unviable for you to do it? Is the tank filled up, and you go 10 miles, and it's not worth doing it? Or how does it work? Yeah, it just depends on how many tonnes they want and how many tonnes per hectare they're putting on cubic metres or whatever. And that saves them... I mean, digestate's got nitrogen in it. Yeah, it's got it's got nitrogen. It's got all the NPKs. And at... Well, last year, it was averaging um, across the board, it was worth about £6.50 a cubic metre. OK. This year, this year, we done on last week's analysis about £11. OK, this is because the, the value of the stuff's gone through the roof or because... Fertiliser has just gone through the roof <laughs> and, yeah, 
The first five or six years, we were struggling like anything to find farmers to take it. In the last two or three years, we now have farmers ringing up for it. I think Do you command a premium on that? Do you say right? No, I don't. I do have a little say in it because I have got a little bit of a customer base. Like I said, when we first started, we were struggling to find farmers to have it. But now we've got more and more people ringing up asking for it. And then basically their first question, typical farmer, how much it's got to cost me? And then I have to then sit down and try and work out how much it's got to cost them. Basis, miles from the depot. Yeah, when everything, yeah. Where the fields are, they want you to put it on. What sort of conditions those fields are in. Can you turn around saying that's too wet, I'm not going to bother. Yeah, is it accessible with Arctics? Because if we've got to travel half a mile or a mile every time from the field, that'll add more time on. So yeah, we try and work out a price for them. But... Like I say, we're now getting a quite a good customer base and they'll just ping me the maps and I can work out and does, does, roughly. I mean, a year like this, you've got a shorter period of time to get it on, I guess. It's now you're putting on, is it? No, no, we're finished now. Okay. The MVZ, we finished on, well, the MVZ deadline finished today for grass, mm-hmm. but we actually finished last week. I've been playing farmers all this week. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I've been playing farmers drilling all week. All right, okay. So yeah, we are. We do have a short window. Do some long hours, as the wife will testify. But with the new rules next year, that's got to be even worse. But so well, just talk me through the new rules because I don't. I don't study every new rule they chuck out. I yeah, I've had meetings about Andrew, and even I can't get my head round it sometimes. But basically, in the autumn time, if you're growing all seed, rape or grass, yes, you can put digest on. Other than that, you've got to wait until the springtime and top dress. So Top dress. Top dress the weeds and everything that you can possibly top dress. So, I mean, this is all to do with the muck as well, isn't it? Because is that the same, you can put it on Aussie rape and grass, cow muck or whatever? Yeah, but you can you store can't the cow muck, can't you? But what can you do there's only limited storage that these AD plants and that everyone has got, you see. So what happens there then? I haven't got a clue, to be honest. I know one of my big customers I work for, they're now putting a lot more storage space in this winter to last until January. That's not cheap if you... That's not cheap at all. I think off the top of that, yeah, I was looking in the region of a good couple of hundred thousand pounds just to see them over where normally we would be spreading again in January. Yeah. Just to last them an extra month. To six weeks, but they are now got to get the benefit because they've got to save on fertiliser spread and they mainly have their own, okay. 70-80% of their digest is on their own estate. So so the thinking there is a very green decision, isn't it? That's uh, invest in something that is a product that's perceived to be green. Yeah. And therefore, well, if £200,000 is pretty hefty cost, isn't it? Most people can't just... It is. Especially um, if Africa could change the rules in two years' time when they realise they've cocked something up, they might go, oops. Exactly. But I think this problem will only only get worse. So any farmers out there with any old lagoons or whatever could be sitting on a good storage Yeah, but can you, put, can you put something into a lagoon? You know, digestate's a pretty concentrated mixture, isn't it? Yeah, we can put uh, any, any old dairy farmers with good lagoons we're snapped most of them up that we possibly can okay well, and winter storage so much harm give them so much a ton to do it they basically work with 
me and the AD companies simply enough because the one thing that has always baffled me is these AD plants have had plan permission given to them mm-hmm. and they haven't got adequate storage. So, <laughs> yeah, and now it's got to get only harder. So, yeah, okay. But, well, I'm sure DEFRA have got a strategic long term plan. I'm very confident about that. Are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have got a few more meetings to have with them. But yeah, well, Boris, you know, bearing in mind his um, comment to Andrew Marr about yeah. the cows the other day. Yeah, cows and <laughs> They die anyway. <laughs> yeah, aren't I the funniest? Yeah, what a dick. What a prat. Yeah. So he is our prime minister. So we're very proud of him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, and I, I pity them poor people in, uh, in Marbella this week while he's on holiday. Uh, is he? Yeah, I pity them having a sunbed beside him. Listen <laughs> to him. <laughs> Doubt he sunbathes much, does he? He's a bit pale. Oh, he's a bit pale, but yeah, bless him. So yeah. you've been doing most of the talking, and I've been drinking my beer ahead of the game, and I so I'll polish this one off and then open the next one. Of course, right. that is that is a nice. That is, isn't it? That is a nice. Good start, Patrick. That's a good start, Patrick. Well done. We're now going to try a Lowenbrow. This is again a specifically an Oktoberfest beer, and it is six point one on the Richter scale. So. Right, I'm going to get the top off this. Yeah, two hands. Right, so the other night I got a picture from Tess. It was in the pub, and uh, it was a picture of Tess with Chrissy Key. I was supposed to take Tess to see James Bond that night, and I'd forgotten to order the tickets. And she went out with her mate for a drink instead. When she was in the pub, she came across you, didn't she? And she said, it's all right, I'm with James Bond anyway. Exactly, Andrew. She had all the James Bond she wanted that night, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure she... Find it much more enjoyable than the film will be, right? Cheers. Cheers. This is number two, Patrick, and this is the Lowenbrow. Lowenbrow. Bit Do milder. Yes, yeah, so it's got a, that same sort of... It's quite. They're both quite strong, aren't they? They are. I've got an eight, six point one. Not what I'd normally have for tea time. Uh, the thing is, if you, if you were actually in Germany on a long bench with the odd sausage, you would be under a bit more pressure than this because the glasses are bigger and they yeah. want you to finish it and get on to the next one. Yeah. This is... Nice and sedate. Yeah, it? this. Uh, yeah, this is a nice, nice starter. <laughs> nice starter. A few more to go yet. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure Patrick thought it was going to last several weeks, but nah. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Oktoberfest is Oktoberfest. Right, anyway, so back to farming. We'll get on to Deutschland Überalles in a little while. So the other thing, you have another business, don't you? I do. That's my main business. We also do um, septic tank emptying. Yeah, no, so what is your catchphrase? Because this is the best catchphrase that your marketing department ever came up with. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Um, yeah, we are the number one company in the number two business. Exactly. <laughs> and we still are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true, I'm sure. Good advert. But, you know, it's one of the best strap lines, number one in the number two business. Perfect. You've been doing that for a long time, haven't you? We have. Yeah, I started... God, give them my eye to I know, about 30 years ago. Key lose. Key lose. That's another little offspring. That's the wife's that's, department, that that's is. That's the one where they you actually supply the place for them to fill up with the goods. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, the wife hires them out, and then she rings me up, and, and then we charge her a fortune to go on empty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. And I guess... I mean, septic tanks are still being put in all over the place, I guess, aren't they? There's lots and lots of places in this county without, you know... Yeah, uh, yeah, there's still a few. ...main sewers and what have you. 
And these new aseptic tanks that have all the aeration, do they still need emptying as well, or are they yeah. supposed to be... Yeah. You can't just leave them forever? No, that is the biggest mistake that people make. What, because it turns into a solid mush yeah. at the bottom? Yeah, they do yeah. sludge them, and then they've just spent £10,000 on the new... And then five years later... Have to do it again. Have to do it again. Yeah, no, I found that. Out. Yeah, did you? Yeah. Well, no, no, but luckily we had them cleaned out the last couple of times when um, my father-in-law had his septic tank cleaned out, and he said, "Oh, we might as well do this as well at the same time." And found out it was getting pretty solid down the bottom there. So it's an, it's a science in itself, I guess. Yeah, yeah, we still have the odd one where, yeah, the old the old man years ago used to put a rabbit or something down them to get them working. That's it. To, yeah, you know, and is that true? Yeah. No, not really. What's the point of that? So you put a rabbit in there with some, so it's dead and sort of, you know. Well, it gets rotting. all the bacteria going and everything else, and it breaks it down. But that was that was years ago when it was just him and her in there, and they had one toilet. Nowadays, there's teenagers, you know as well as I do. Well, they shower every ten minutes and dishwashers <laughs> and washing machines and. Yeah, torsion machines. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Never-ending water supply. Yeah, we get a lot of customers still say that's our fault. We didn't empty them properly because they used to last three years and now they're only lasting six months. Indeed, it's purely down to volume of use, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so farming. So we've done the grain store, we've done poo, we've done digeste. You know, so right, are you optimistic, Chris? You know, the future for farming, for what you're doing, is it a... Would you want to do something different now? Would you want to change and do something completely... To be honest with you, I don't know anything different. So do you like it? Do you I like love what it. You do? I love it. If not, I wouldn't be doing 80, 90 hours a week. What's I the just... best bit of what you do? Meeting new people. Yeah. Hearing their ideas. Yeah. Trying their ideas at times. Yeah. Um, however crazy they might be. What about the people you've known a long time? How do you find them? I, I don't know. That's the job to say. I mean... To be perfectly honest with you, Andrew, um, there's the last couple of years, mental health. Mm-hmm. I've never spoken to different farmers and mates mm. during a day. I mean, I used to get in a tractor at five, six o'clock in the morning, get out of it at nine o'clock at night and didn't speak to anyone all day. Mm. And the phone is going two or three times a day and that's like an hour conversation now which is makes it a hell of a lot better mm-hmm. but yeah you're just moaning and groaning about everything and so whatever you but then you have so many laughs on it so over are it you well. saying that people are like need support need a conversation you know it's about you know mental health is the cop out for every teenage kid isn't it you're affecting my mental health well i only ask you to clear the dishwasher yeah <laughs> which which really yeah selective yeah. piece of mental yeah health which really does mm. bug me but um, we all, we're all having to admit that it is an issue aren't we all having to admit that somewhere in the back of your darkest recesses is something that goes oh do you know what i just need someone to give me a lift and you know i've found a few farmers I would say, you know, I'm on my radar, you pick up on these people who are, well, they're depressed, actually. You can see they're depressed. Yeah, and I think, you know, the old saying with farmers are moody old buggers and all this lot, I think it used to be, and probably still is in some cases, the case. Mm. Because they don't talk or whatever. But even if you're moaning and groaning, which you are, I love it because I, yeah, I aren't saying that I suffered from it or whatever, but... I did get depressed about certain things 
get on top of me. Um, the last couple of years, with things that have gone on and everything else, I just brush it off and well, you, I, in, laugh that, in times about like that, you, you reach out and you find out who your mates are, don't you? You definitely find <clears> out who your mates and are. And people who are always welcoming and always prepared to listen and who perhaps might be looking at you thinking, he's down in the dumps, I think I'll take the piss out of him mercilessly because it's going to do him the world of good, that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, a prime example on that, I don't, you know, we've got on to this, um, is, you know, as well as my father. If I said to him 10 years ago, I'm feeling a bit down or whatever, well, I'd, I'd hate the thought what he'd have said. <laughs> um, I definitely can't. No. Broadcast on there, <laughs> but uh, I mean, he lost his partner last Christmas, and I've never seen my father cry so much in my life. Really, and he's on that many tablets and everything else. And one morning he'll come into you, and I actually look forward to getting a bollocking for something <laughs> that isn't my fault. Well, means he's but, get, he's getting but, better, but I'm getting the blame for it anyway. And yeah. I'm like, oh, he's having a good day today. And I never thought I would ever say the day where he would be depressed. And he'll openly admit, you well, know... I haven't seen Trevor for ages, but, I mean, there is, you know, there's an... an well, you've known him a lot of years, <laughs> and um, that's probably well, shocked first, you a little bit. He but. First, no, he first, yeah, has, actually. <laughs> but he, when, he, when he first met me, he walked into the Ashton Grain office, and he knew Rachel, who was my colleague. He went, oh, Rachel, who, who's this piving here? They know what I can't do his yeah. voice, but, you know... You know oh. Anyway, he came in and he went... You know, who's this spiv, basically? Yeah. It's me. I was, just, you know, I was smart to try and get fun. And uh, I thought, God, blimey, look at the state of him, sort of thing. Yeah. And uh, we ended up actually hitting it off. Oh, and, yeah. You know, you never, well, watch out for old Trevor. He'll, he's a sharp one, sort of thing. He was great. We had a, a harvest that was really wet, and Ailsham couldn't cope with as many tons as was coming at it. And we ended up doing a deal. He went and negotiated with Major Gurney. Oh, I remember. His, <laughs> And uh, and he said, can you find some wheat to go in there, boy? I went, yeah, I think I can. And it is one of my favourite stories. It just, it just, it was a classic. He reinvigorated a grain store that had been used for about five years. He got the dryer going via Ben Burgess. And we put this grain into these bins. Good facilities. Which yeah, been yeah used. they were. Made them work. I put tonnage through there. And he invoiced for the drying, you know, which was a commercial thing for him. He took the risk. He paid all the money out. And he got all the income come back in again. And the funny thing was Major Gurney and him were of different sides of the fence, if you like. However, both of them were rogues in their own special way. They're bright as anything when it came to... And Major Gurney directed the oil lorry that was delivering the stuff for the village <laughs> to stop halfway through and send him up to the house and go half a tank of free fuel. Uh, your dad. And I was saying in the end as a referee trying to explain to Major Gurney that, in fact, that wasn't part of the deal and he'd nicked half a tank full of oil. And, uh, well, that's nice. Nice to anyone. Anyone who get one over father is, um, is a classic. I think Trevor did all right out of it, but uh, that was just very funny. But no, yeah. I, well, I'm, no, I am surprised to hear I that, did but. I did uh, there is another little knock on from that I he sent me down there one night just to check Rob <laughs> was working there and I went down there just to check and there wasn't no one about mm. and I went in Major's house and them two had, had found the bottle of whiskey <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. 
Allegedly, the person who ran the dryer up there was on things other than whiskey. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> but there. However, that the all got through. <laughs> that all that got through. The end was dry and in perfectly good nick. But yeah, that was a classic. But you not, wouldn't you wouldn't want him to replace uh, Rob and uh, Niall in any way. <laughs> no, I'm sorry to hear that about you, Dad. I hope he is on the road to recovery because he, you know, you don't have characters in this world as generally as strong as your dad no no i'm i'm hope he's he's on the road to recovery he's telling you off a bit more now then yeah so that's that's a good thing no it's, it's a very apt and important thing to touch on i think what we'll do christopher is we will say this was the very grown-up conversation between us as our podcast number one and we'll go on to podcast number two if you're right yeah yeah we've got fine. a long way to go with the beer we've, we'll we've be a got a couple focus. more october fest to go haven't we to go so uh so we yeah. can talk about other stuff right yeah so on this one we say Christopher thank you very much for this week's podcast and you say thank you very much indeed Mr Deering my pleasure thanks for listening make sure you subscribe to get new episodes as they are released and follow us on Twitter we are at Dewing Grain call Dewing Grain on 01263 731550 or email info at dewinggrain.co.uk The Dewing Grain podcast is produced by East Coast Design Studio in Norwich.